Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It's 9.20 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It is the 25th of May, 2022. This is episode 596 of Bitcoin. And I'm here to remind you that stripper dust refers to cocaine and glitter. Thank you, BTC sex workers, for that little piece of information. I thought that was kind of interesting. Stripper dust, much like fairy dust, only, you know, for adults. Now, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Exchanges show initial support for Terra Revival by listing the brand new Luna token. That's right. Stupid 2.0 is here already. 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 It. De- How long did that take? What, a couple of weeks? Got a complete devastation of people's wealth in the hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. It's pretty clear that the founders of Luna and Terra and Terraform Labs or whatever the hell they're called walked away with all of the Bitcoin. It wasn't actually sold. They just kind of sold it to themselves with a bullshit token that they could have printed out of thin air, which they did, walked away, and they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again, and Helen Parts from Cointelegraph is going to tell us how. Crypto trading platform showed initial signs of support for the revival, the resurrection of the collapsed Terra network by listing Terra's brand new token, also named Luna. Jesus. The hit BTC exchange took to Twitter on Wednesday to announce that Terra's new chain token, Luna, will be available on its platform in two days, people. Two days on May the 27th. The news comes amid Terraform Labs preparing to relaunch its protocol on May the 27th and replace the old chain referred to as Terra Classic with the new chain called Just Terra or Terra 2.0. The new chain will not be a fork as it was it will be created starting from the Genesis block that will not share history with Terra Classic Terraform Labs said on May the 23rd. <clears throat> the new Terra's token will be named Luna replacing the old token referred to as Luna Classic. Are you you following along here, people? As previously reported, Terraform Lab CEO Du Quan, who's not in prison, proposed to create a new Terra chain without Terra's algorithmic stablecoin Terra USD, which is also known as UST, in mid-May, suggesting Luna airdrops across the LUNC stakers and hodlers UST hodlers, and Terra Classic app developers. The proposal immediately received support from the community, with 91% of Terra validators voting in favor of the Terra rebirth as of May the 18th. At the time of writing, the community poll is still ongoing, with roughly 67% of voters supporting Terra's resurrection as Terra 2.0. Terra's revival comes after Terraform Labs halted the Terra blockchain on May the 12th, following a massive network crash with the Luna token plummeting to as low as 99% and UST losing its one-to-one peg value to the United States dollar. Hit BTC is apparently not the only crypto exchange intending to cooperate with Terraform Labs in the aftermath of UST and Luna's collapse. Following Terra's successful rebirth vote, Binance Crypto Exchange announced that it will be working closely with the Terra team on the recovery plan to help impacted users on Binance. Coinbase. (sighs) Naked Mole Rats company Coinbase recently announced that it would delist the wrapped Luna token, an Ethereum token representing Luna on May the 27th. 
Coinbase Cloud, Coinbase's infrastructure arm, announced on May the 20th the suspension of support for Terra and all potential Terra chains in the near future. Well, at least Naked Mole Rat did that one right. On May the 25th, Terraform Lab CEO denied reports that he was in touch with major South Korean exchanges in order to ask them to list the new Terra token. Ladies and gentlemen, how stupid do you have to be? And here's what's going to happen. People are going to ape into it. People, and you know, I, I can almost guarantee you that it's going to be the majority of those people are going to be the people that have already lost their ass once in the Terra Luna debacle. They're going to do it again. And Duquan's going to take their money again. And nothing is going to happen to these people. Because when you're dealing with this level of wealth, nobody apparently can touch you. You can fly 1,500 jets and pollute the atmosphere with the ridiculous amounts of CO2 that's going to kill us all and go to Davos, Switzerland and go fucking party with your friends. By the way, if anybody's ever wondered why it is the case that not a single terrorist attack has ever occurred when you've got a grouping of the most wealthy and the most powerful people on the face of the planet and they're all in one place, which is a prime fucking target. Guess why? That no terrorist attack, no hostage situation, no bombing, no nothing has ever occurred at these places. That's because the people that actually plan terrorist attacks are all there. Let that sink in a little bit. Now, getting back to this whole Du Quan and the resurrection of Terra Luna thing, it's just, it's going to be a bloodbath again. And it's just, it's just too freaking bad. And this whole thing with Wrapped Luna, okay, that's Wrapped Luna. I got something to say about Wrapped Tokens. There's this dude named Josh Stark, who's one of the, I don't know, one of the ETH, ETH heads out there. And he put out something on May the 21st that says, there are now 324,809 BTC on Ethereum. That is 1.7% of all the Bitcoin, 92X the total Bitcoin on Blockstream's Liquid, 85 times the total BTC on Lightning, 103 times the total BTC on RSK Smart. What's wrong with this? Well, he's lying. And this is at the number zero X Stark, S-T-A-R-K. Why is he lying? Because BTC doesn't exist on Ethereum. Wrapped BTC is a token on Ethereum. You use BTC to buy it, but guess where the BTC remains and always will remain and can never come off of? That's correct. The Bitcoin network. If you don't believe me, then try sending Bitcoin from your actual Bitcoin wallet to an Ethereum address or any ERC-20 token or any of the other ERC protocol tokens and see what happens. See what happens. See if you can actually get your BTC over to Ethereum. It does not happen. Wrapped BTC is a lie. All it is is an ERC class token and you buy it with Bitcoin. The Bitcoin stays on the Bitcoin network but is held by one of the scammers of Ethereum because they well know the value of BTC. So whenever you hear somebody spout nonsense like this, understand there is no such thing as Bitcoin on Ethereum. Repeat it with me. There's no such thing as Bitcoin on Ethereum. For that matter, there's no such thing as any other coin that actually has something resembling a blockchain with its own wallet structures that can be existent on some other blockchain with a different wallet structure. It doesn't happen. Please stop listening to these people. They're, they're going to get you into trouble. Now, bipartisan crypto bill to hit Congress within weeks. Casey Wagner has it for Blockworks. 
Senators Cynthia Lummis and Kristen Gillibrand, or Gillibrand, took the stage Tuesday at the DC Blockchain Summit to discuss details of their highly anticipated bipartisan cryptocurrency bill, which they said would be introduced as soon as next week. The Responsible Financial Innovation Act, which has been in the works for over a year, is going to be the first comprehensive digital assets framework to make it to Capitol Hill, Gillibrand said. Quote, our bill does include some of the same provisions as some of the other House and Senate bills, but no other bill endeavors to create a regulatory framework for the whole industry, Gillibrand said. Quote, quote most other bills are small, discreet, and one-idea bills, end quote. Highlights of the bill include provisions that protect minors from being treated as brokers, which tackles a controversial section of the recently passed infrastructure bill, but it also grants the Commodities and Futures Trading Commission regulatory authority over much of the space and clarifies that cryptocurrencies are not securities unless they are being offered to fund a company such as an initial coin offering. Quote, it's pretty clear that Bitcoin is a commodity, Lummis said. It is our intent that the CFTC takes the reins of jurisdiction over Bitcoin and Shitcoin One. Together, they make up over 60% of the cryptocurrency markets in existence, and they're the ones that are most likely to survive, end quote. The bill references the same responsible innovation highlighted in President Biden's executive order. It's a cause the two senators are hoping their colleagues can get behind. Quote, Cynthia Lummis and I together can work with our colleagues to find common ground to move it forward, Gillibrand said. I'm very optimistic, and the reason I am is because the bill has been heavily researched, end quote. The two senators have consulted with stakeholders and industry leaders for months to compose this bill, Lummis added. There have been successful bipartisan efforts in the past, Gillibrand said, and this should be no different. Still, getting the bill to the floor is going to be an uphill battle, the two admitted. The bill will have at least four committees of jurisdiction, Gillibrand said. Jeez. To make it to a vote on the floor, it will likely need at least four hearings, which can be a lengthy process. Yeah, you're looking at a year at least. Efforts are already underway, Gillibrand said. Quote, on my committee of jurisdiction on the Agriculture Committee, Debbie Stebenow was very interested in this space. She's Democratic for a uh, Democrat from Michigan. I'm going to give her our draft legislation and I'm hoping she likes it enough to mark up this draft. So it's it's coming. I just we just ah it's been coming. So, you know, we're just going to have to wait as to how this thing is going to get through not one, not two, but four committees, my God almighty, but something that is more closer to home and on the horizon that we can actually see is this one from Bitcoin Magazine and Sean Amick, Stripe to enable millions of merchants to convert payments into Bitcoin via OpenNode. You've probably seen it, but this is the first full write-up I've seen of it. Stripe, and we're not talking Strike, that's Jack Maller's outfit. We're talking about Stripe with a P, one of the leading payment processors in the world just announced they are working with Bitcoin payments infrastructure company, OpenNode, to allow businesses to convert fiat payments into Bitcoin. Through the OpenNode app located in Stripe, Stripe's app marketplace, users will be able to convert fiat payments into Bitcoin in real time. Businesses can set an automatic amount of their payments to be converted into Bitcoin, or they will be able to manually convert any amount into Bitcoin that they wish. Businesses will be able to view their Bitcoin wallets and conversion rates at a glance within the app. The application will also allow businesses to connect directly with their bank accounts, enabling accessible Bitcoin conversions from fiat at any time. The automatic conversion from fiat to Bitcoin is accomplished through a split payment feature located in the app, which businesses will be prompted through uh, when going through the initial setup process. Should businesses choose not to set up split conversion initially, they can simply return to the app settings and enable the, fe the feature at any time. Stripe's app, Stripe's app Marketplace was also announced today, which will allow companies like OpenNode to create customer user interfaces that will streamline workflows and allow data syncing compatibility between Stripe and its participating partners. Using Stripe's open application programmable interface, the API, 
<clears throat> developers can start building apps that will support Stripe integrations. Billing for applications will be fairly straightforward for businesses looking to build on Stripe. As the company said, Stripe apps do not currently offer billing for apps. However, apps can either be free or paid for, but companies will need to handle their billing outside of the marketplace at launch. All right, so this is important because Stripe is damn near everywhere. In fact, if you are supporting the show through, uh, oh God, was by patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and podcast, I am taking that cash out in Stripe. That's, that's the, that is the, the way that, that Patreon is, is, is working for me right now is that I have to use Stripe. And Stripe, at this point, at the end of each month, when I sweep the funds off that, I take it and I send it via bank transfer from Stripe. Now, I don't have to go to the bank. I do it all online, that in, which is cool, but it still takes, you know, it still, still takes some time for the payment from Stripe to go over to Strike, which is Jack Maller's outfit, and when it hits my strike account, it's automatically converted 100% to Bitcoin because that's the way that I've got it set up. So what this means is that it seems to me that I'm going to not have to do that anymore. That as you put fiat in, like by supporting the show into the patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and podcast, it will, I can set it up to where it automatically converts to Bitcoin and then and I'm hoping that they do lightning integration, but either way, whether whether layer one or layer two, I will be able to send Bitcoin directly from Patreon all the way over to my Bitcoin wallet or my lightning wallet if they start using lightning network integration. And I won't have to go through Strike. Not that I don't like Strike. I like Jack Mallers. I like the outfit, but I it's one it's just one more step. And every time I take a step, you know, eh, somebody's going to get something on the other side. So I find this to be fairly good news. Do not trust Stripe because that's the thing is that Stripe, no matter if they're using the Bitcoin network or they are not using the Bitcoin network, if you do something that Stripe doesn't like, they may very well just shut your ass down and unless you're holding your own keys and you won't be until you get the money off of Stripe into your own wallet, they can basically just hold your funds for as long as they want. I do not trust Stripe in this way because you know they're part of the legacy financial system, but you gotta start somewhere. And looks like Stripe is figuring out that they don't wanna be left behind. Now, <clears throat> poor Seth Green, and his poor bored ape. I honestly, I don't give a shit. I I don't I don't have any feelings for Seth Green. I mean, if you aped into something like bored apes, you deserve everything that you get. What did he get? Brian Newer from Coin Telegraph tells us that code is not law. Seth Green thief stole bored apes, not the rights, say experts. Mm. Austin Powers supporting actor Seth Green has sparked a debate over who owns the commercial rights to use a Bored Ape Yacht Club non-fungible token after his apes were stolen and sold to another party. Green tweeted on May the 18th that four of his NFTs, including, and they give the numbers of these Bored Apes, were stolen from him after he visited a fishing site. Green, the actor of Robot Chicken and co-star of Family Guy, noted that Someone with the pseudonym Darkwing84 had already bought the BAYC NFT. Now, legal experts and community members are weighing in about the implications of theft on Board Ape Yacht Club intellectual property rights. BAYC's license does not stipulate instances of theft. It merely states that when you purchase an NFT, you own the underlying Board, art, board Ape, the art, completely. Some believe this means that even if the NFT is bought from a thief, the usage rights transfers to the new owner. Green has a TV show called White Horse Tavern in Development, which features the board ape in question. So if this interpretation is correct, he may not be able to move forward with the show because he's lost the commercial usage rights. A trailer for the show debuted on Saturday at the VCon NFT conference in Minneapolis, but the launch date is unknown. 
IP and tech law professor at Santa Clara University, Eric Goldman, told BuzzFeed News on Wednesday that buyers are usually legally protected if they unwittingly buy a stolen item. And Coin Center Communications Director Nareej K. Agrawal, I'm sorry I butchered your name, Naraj, <laughs> suggested that Green could get sued if he still uses that BAYC in his show. But head of policy at the Blockchain Association, Jake Chernivsky, said this interpretation is incorrect and the court would likely rule in favor of Green retaining the legal rights to the BAYC's image, adding, in other words, code is not law. Green also hinted Wednesday that he will go to court to get the BAYC back if it is not returned by Darkwing84. Yeah, good luck with that. Preston Byrne, tech lawyer at law firm uh, Anderson Kill, agrees that Green likely has a strong case to retain the property rights to the art. In a Wednesday tweet, Byrne said that this is a classic unclean hands scenario because the BAYC was bought from a thief with notice from the theft victim. The BAYC in question was stolen and then sold on May the 8th, long before Green tweeted about its status. Goldman thinks questions will be raised about whether the immutable blockchain record can legally outweigh the lack of notice. <clears throat> Darkwing84 has yet to make a public comment about what will be done with the ape. BAYC owners have been the target of phishing scams similar to the one that hit Green for some time. On April the 25th, a hacker took control of the BAYC Instagram account and posted a phishing site link that extracted about, you know, only $2.4 million worth of BAYC NFTs. The same happened a year earlier in April 2021 when another hacker hijacked the BAYC Instagram account, dropped a phishing site, and got away with about 100 apes. The floor price for BAYC on OpenSea is 91 Ether, valued at about $183,000, according to CoinGecko. Right, so what's the implications here? All right, so let's say that Seth Green goes to court. He can't get the ape back, but honestly, he's got the art. I mean, right-click, save, bro. Just right-click, save. The question really boils down to the intellectual property rights. Can he use it commercially? The thing about it is, is that let's say he does. Let's say the court says, uh, you know what, we're just, let, let's say the court doesn't even rule. Let's say he doesn't even go to court. He just flows through and just starts doing the show. He's got the art, again, right click and save. He can get, he's, he's got enough money where he can hire artists to use that art in various ways, using various different technologies. And let's say he does. Can he get sued? Sued by who? Well, the thief doesn't have it anymore, and the thief is very unlikely to actually sue because you, at that point, you, you're going to end up unveiling who you are, where you're at, and you're going to have to appear at one point or another to either give an affidavit or go flat out to court. And if you are a thief and you've admitted that you stole property from somebody else, you're going to be arrested for theft. So that's not going to happen. Darkwing84 is not going to sue Seth Green if Seth Green does this. What about the guy that owns the ape now? Because Darkwing84 does, is not in possession of said ape. He sold it. He sold it. So does the guy who buy it get to sue? Well, yeah, I mean, apparently there was some notion of that the, the guy gave notice or Darkwing84 gave notice, but I don't exactly know what that, does that really mean that he told the guy, by the way, you're buying st stolen property. Do you know any, any thief that will come right out and tell you, hey, yeah, I stole this, I stole this stereo, so if you want it, you got to understand that it's, it's stolen property. Not many thieves do that. This one might have. So let's say that the guy knows that he has stolen property and he goes and he sues Seth Green. I don't think that's going to work either. So the question becomes this, what right do you actually have to a board ape or any NFT for that matter? Apparently you don't have any rights. You don't really own that ape, do you? Why? Because when digital assets meet meet space, In a situation like this, you've got not only the ownership 
of the actual art, okay, the physical digital file that you can prove because you did an Ethereum transaction that you own this rock. When you want to use the intellectual property rights of that art, because art is an intellectual property out in meat space, then you have to have the meat space legacy judicial system come to your aid. Do you think that they really give a shit about all this? They certainly don't right now. And off in the future, even if they did, it's just a mess. This is why Bitcoin, Bitcoin doesn't have any intellectual, my Bitcoin in my wallet or my Satoshis on my lightning node do not have some kind of intellectual property. Nobody, I mean, I, I mean, maybe it does. I could like, I, oh, well, I use, I'm using this transaction that I made last week in a movie. And that's my transaction. No, nobody gives a shit. That was, that's not going to be interesting at all. So again, we come back to this thing. You got a piece of art that you say you own and you need that art to do a show out in meat space. And yet somebody stole that art from you, but you still have the actual art because again, right click save. This is why I don't do NFTs. There is nothing clear about this at all. It is hazy. It is foggy. It is gray. And generally speaking, when you try to drive through something like that, you're going to run into a wall sooner or later. And I think Seth Green is going to find himself running into that wall much sooner than later. Let's run the numbers. Oh, flammable gas just ticked over to $9.22. That's right. Natural gas is up almost five percentage points to $9.22 per thousand cubic feet. West Texas Intermediate is up 0.62% to $110.45. Brent North Sea likewise up a half point to $114.18, regaining its <clears throat> reign over West Texas Intermediate. Gasoline is up 1.35% back up to $3.86 per gallon. Shiny metal rocks are all down except for palladium, which is up scant. Gold down almost a full point to $1,848.60. Silver is down 0.63% to $21.92. Platinum down a third of a point. Copper down three quarters of a point. Uh, Agricultural futures are mostly down, but cotton 3.39% to the upside. Wheat is down two and a quarter. Soybeans down one and a third. Corn is down one and a half. Sugar is down. Rough rice and cocoa are both down. Now, Dow. Oh, look, it's recovery time again. Half a point to the upside. S&P is a little bit over half a point to the upside. NASDAQ is almost a full point to the upside. And the S&P mini burning it up 1.59% to the upside. Real money bouncing around $29,830.32 with 1.3 million Bitcoin being sent in the last 24 hours. That's 55,000 Bitcoin every hour on the hour with an average transaction value of five Bitcoin, a median transaction value holding at 0.02 BTC or just under $600. However, block time is incredibly high, 12 full minutes, 0.17 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis and 20.6 BTC taken overall in fees in the last 24 hours. After a 14.75% dip in hash rate, we are back to just a hair over 200 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator as usual is Dogecoin, 8.3 United States pennies. 2,400 transactions waiting on three blocks to clear. We have $566.5 billion of market capitalization, which is 4.64% of gold's entire market cap. If you so choose, you may purchase 16.1 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,048,885.93 of, and 3,898.8 of those are in the Lightning Network valued at $116 million, being run over 17,058 nodes 
with 83,766 payment channels that we know about and 72.7% of all of it's being run over Tor's 11,983 associated Lightning Network nodes, or at least the ones we can see. There's Vitals. Welcome to part two of the news you can use. Balenciaga to accept Bitcoin and crypto as payment. Bitcoin Magazine, Sean Amick writes it. Balenciaga, a luxury fashion house belonging to the Keurig Luxury Group, will begin accepting Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as payment in store and online, according to a report from Women's Wear Daily. That's right. U.S. flagship stores located at Madison Avenue in New York and Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills will be the first stores to accept the new form of payment, while the brand's website will also begin introducing the option. The company reportedly stated that more stores and e-commerce functionalities will be introduced at a later date. That means adding shit coins, I suppose. According to the report, Balenciaga has not decided what company it will choose as its cryptocurrency payment gateway provider. The firm noted that it will accept Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency to begin with and plans to introduce, yes, that's right, shit coins in the future. Balenciaga is thinking long-term about crypto and fluctuations in currency value are nothing new, the company reportedly said in a statement referring to the current volatility being experienced by the broader cryptocurrency market. Balenciaga joins the growing list of luxury goods and service providers looking to accept Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Earlier this month, Gucci announced that it would begin accepting Bitcoin and shitcoins in a pilot run of select locations. A few days after Gucci's announcement, the Swiss luxury watchmaker Tag Heuer announced that it would begin accepting Bitcoin and shitcoins as payment through its e-commerce platform. So what's the, what, honestly, it's like, that's a, these are like high-end names, right? This is like, you don't go buy a Gucci bag because you, you know, you're, you, you're feeling good unless you are really wealthy because those bags cost thousands of dollars. Balenciaga, never heard of them before, ever. Yet, if they got stores on Fifth Avenue and Rodeo Drive, I can guarantee you I can't afford to go into that store and buy my wife a dress. I guarantee it. And even if I could, I wouldn't because it's just the the morality of the issue. I ain't paying $8,000 for a, a garment. That's stupid. All that is is flashing wealth. And honestly, it puts a big ass target on your back as do, hmm, I'll bet if we roll her, we'll get like diamonds and gold and jewelry and all kinds of money out of her purse. Yeah, don't do that shit. So just, I'm just saying, so what is it with all the rich stores all of a sudden accepting Bitcoin. I think this actually feels a little bit more like a fad, okay, for the, for the rich stores. Real estate stuff and like the, you know, other kind of common, you know, the more common retail and service outlets taking Bitcoin, that makes sense. But honestly, if you are that wealthy that you can go roll into a Gucci store you know, throw down $10,000 on a bag, then go to Tag Heuer and throw down $20,000 on a watch piece and then go buy a dress for, you know, to wear one time to, I don't know, a black tie event and throw down another 35K. Chances are good that you were so off, well off in the, in the fiat sense that you really don't need Bitcoin. Again, I do not look to the West as to be the early adopters of Bitcoin at all. It's Latin America, it's all the continent of Africa, it's the Baltics, the Balkans, like way Eastern Europe, and all the countries that have been shit on by the world leaders throughout history to be the actual beneficiaries of this entire thing first. And then the West will have to follow because it's like, well, shit, everybody else is doing it. So honestly, and this is an unpopular opinion, Tag Heuer, Balenciaga, and Gucci, kind of just don't really care all that much. But this one, it looks like the founder of WeWork is turning into a crypto bro. 
Yeah, that's right. When you ain't when you've stolen a shit ton of money and you either get caught or your reputation is tanked, what do you do? You become a crypto influencer. WeWork founder has reinvented himself with a $70 million crypto carbon credit platform. Philip Wu, Cointelegraph. Three years after being ousted as CEO of WeWork, Adam Newman has jumped on the crypto bandwagon, raising $70 million in the first major funding round for his climate tech venture, Flow Carbon. The project aims to make carbon trading more accessible by putting carbon credits, you guessed it, on the blockchain. Newman is an Israeli-American businessman and investor famous for his role in founding co-working space provider WeWork back in 2010, a company once heralded as the future of workspaces. However, it all came crashing down in 2019 when the company attempted to go public, which instead lifted the lid on WeWork's unprofitable business model and questionable leadership antics. The company went from being privately valued at $47 billion in August of 2019 to talk of filing for bankruptcy just six weeks later with Newman pressured to step down as CEO. Newman and his wife, Rebecca, have been listed as co-founders of Flow Carbon along with CEO Dana Gibber and Chief Operating Officer Carolyn Klatt, both of whom are co-founders of Headliner Labs, a company building AI-powered chatbots for major media brands. Il Stern, another co-founder of Flow Carbon, heads up Neumann's family office. According to Flow Carbon, the recent funding round included $32 million in funding from Silicon Valley investors Mark Andreessen and Ben Horowitz, that's A16Z, through their Andreessen Horowitz crypto venture capital firm, Another or other investors include General Catalyst and Samsung Next. Another $38 million was raised in a token sale of Flow Carbon's first carbon-backed token, the Goddess Nature token. Jesus. My God. And people are going to ape into this crap. They are going to ape into it. Goodness Nature token. Honestly, that sounds like a granola bar at Whole Foods or something. The company describes itself as a pioneering climate technology company working to build infrastructure in the voluntary carbon market. Through the tokenization of carbon credits on the Celo blockchain, which is crashing to death, Flow Carbon wants to make the purchase, selling and trading of carbon credits more accessible and efficient than the current carbon markets. Carbon trading is a market-based system designed to reduce greenhouse gas emissions that contribute to global warming. Businesses that produce carbon emissions can buy carbon credits to offset them from projects that remove or reduce greenhouse gases from the atmosphere, such as reforestation projects. Yeah, many of those actually aren't planting trees. They say they are, but it's a scam. We're being scammed again. Just saying. However, Flow Carbon argues that the voluntary carbon market is currently inefficient, opaque, and inaccessible, with brokers and consultants charging up to 20% in fees, many deals done behind closed doors, and inconsistent pricing for carbon credit depending on the buyer. Flow Carbon's solution to the voluntary carbon market is not unique. Other projects aimed at facilitating the buying and selling of tokenized carbon credits include Toucan Protocol, just Carbon, and Likvidi, whatever, however you pronounce it. Ariana Simpson, general partner at A16Z, said it was an obvious area that could benefit from blockchain tech. Quote, the carbon market is extremely opaque, and we believe demand for offsets is rapidly outpacing the speed at which supply can be increased, especially for nature-based projects. Tokenization is an obvious solution. No, it's not. This is bananas on the blockchain. This is apples on the blockchain. This is oil on the blockchain. This is bullshit on the blockchain, and it's going to get people fucking wrecked again. And this, I, I've said it before. I've said it again. This is never going to stop. You, we, you, we can point and laugh and point and yell and cry harder all we fucking want. But the only out is to have fun staying poor, sell your chairs, buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin, 
and understand something about this whole carbon credit bullshit. It is exactly that. It's all bullshit. So let's say I got, I don't know, some business that produces widgets and I, to make those widgets, I put a hundred pounds of carbon in the form of uh, CO2 into the air every year. So I'll get taxed on that eventually. They, there will be carbon taxes. And I just, I mean, there will be. I keep thinking that maybe, you know, humanity will wake up and pretty much oust every leader that we have, but it looks like that's not ever going to happen. So if I don't want to pay taxes on that, then I've got to buy carbon credits or carbon offsets. So what do I do? I give money to, I don't know, like reforestation project a and they say well we're going to plant this many trees and that's going to offset your carbon but they don't actually plant the trees they just take the money and be and by the way the money that they got is only 80 percent to you know maybe 70 percent of what i actually gave because there's a broker in the way and that's what these guys are trying to say i was like well we can get rid of the broker well yes you can but the project's still not going to get done. There are hundreds of examples of people that are buying carbon credits. And even if their heart's in the right place and they really believe that they're doing a solid for mother nature, the money that they're giving doesn't actually go to offsetting any carbon. It's just a scam. It's just, it's, it's, it's something that you feel good about, like giving to the Red Cross. You'd think that giving to the Red Cross is a good thing to do. It's not. Because about one penny of every dollar that you give to the Red Cross actually goes to help people that are in a disaster situation. Like 97 cents of every dollar or something like that, 99 cents of every dollar is used to fuel the CEO's jet, buy his clothes, and have, I don't know, sponsor galas and shit like that. It's all for show. The Red Cross used to be good. They're no longer good. The carbon credit thing has never been good. Its entire history is that of scam. I'm sure that there's a couple of projects that actually do what they say they're going to do. But that is not the majority of those projects. Every time you hear carbon credit and how to make sure that you're ESG positive, understand it's a scam. Now, The SEC has filed for yet another delay in the Ripple case. Yep, this is the zombie case. And this is out of CoinApe, uh, Amish Kumar writing, the Securities and Exchange Commission and Ripple lawsuit saw yet another motion for extension. The plaintiff, the SEC, has come forward to request the court to grant them extra time to file an opposition against the motion to include XRP holders. Such extensions have already delayed the case proceedings, which is directly hindering Ripple's native token, XRP. John Deaton has filed an application to allow him to speak for around 70, no, 67,000 XRP hodlers in the long-running lawsuit. The SEC intends to go against this application. The commission has mentioned that the letter filed by the defendant mentioned letter motion. However, it adds that they understand the letter to be a pre-motion letter as per the court's individual practices rule. The SEC raises that the due date for applying the opposition for this motion would be due by May the 21st, 2022. Meanwhile, considering the upcoming briefing deadlines and holidays, the SEC asked to stretch the last date until June the 7th, 2022. It must be noted that the letter has mentioned that this is the SEC's first request for an extension over this deadline. The lawsuit has already seen how the commission has applied tactics to delay many court proceedings. However, the motion also added that the defendants have no objection regarding this request. Meanwhile, this move recommends further delay might be added to the proceedings of the case. The commission is still shielding the discovery of Hinman's speech-related documents They have presented different arguments to delay the final verdict already. It is important to note that 
It's SEC's job to secure the investor's right while in the case. They are trying to keep them out of it. Oh my God, I'm reading, I'm reading a shill. Sorry guys. Deaton has said that he is well aware of the aggression of the XRP hodlers regarding extensions. However, he also mentioned that this would not affect the scheduling of the proposed timeline. Okay, so sorry about that. But it's clear that Amish is an XRP hodler. I, I, I can just gather from the language in here. Uh, XRP is a scam, so just stay as far away from it as possible. But this is costing the United States taxpayer thousands and thousands of dollars. And Brad Garlinghouse right now, who's the, you know, the chief of, of Ripple is out there over at fucking Davos. And he's basically saying crypto is no longer on the outside. <clears throat> that's the, well, that's the Coindesk uh, headline. And Sandali Handagama and Helene Braun are writing about what's going on over there at the WEF. Even on the trains, you can't get away from crypto. The World Economic Forum's annual meeting formally kicked off Tuesday in Davos, Switzerland. Cryptocurrency advocates opened the parties up on Sunday with Bitcoin pizza stalls and blockchain pavilions with flashy banners lining the famed promenade. WEF attendees were bombarded with signs advertising stablecoin issuer circle and crypto brokerage Bitcoin Suisse as they got off their planes in Zurich or trains in Davos. Casual passers-by talked about owning Shiba Inu and ADA. At the end of the day, the crypt, what the Cryptorati, oh God, that's a good one, Cryptorati dispersed to one of the nearby Airbnbs. Quote, five years ago, we were the only crypto company on the promenade, said Sandra Rowe, CEO of the Global Blockchain Business Council. Keep track of these names. These are the guys that are sucking up, okay? At a kickoff party at a local church dubbed the Sanctuary right outside the closed off conference venue, quote, and look at it now, she added, mm -hmm. perhaps nothing announced the turbulent crypto industry's arrival at the world's biggest business table more than the fact that the WEF itself is holding serious discussions about digital money with industry participants as key players. And here we go. Jeremy Allaire, chairman and CEO of CirclePay. Brad Garlinghouse, CEO of Ripple, sat side by side on Monday to discuss remittances and digital money at an issue briefing at the WEF Media Village. The panel, titled Remittances for Recovery, A New Era in Digital Money, also included Asif Saleh, Executive Director of the BRAC, a developmental non-governmental organization based in Bangladesh. The forum also hosted a discussion on the future of the global economy, the U.S. economy and central bank digital currencies themselves. That's not to say the forum's global leaders accept cryptocurrencies just yet, but they aren't ignoring it. A panel featuring NASDAQ CEO Adina Friedman, PayPal CEO Dan Schulman, U.S. Senator Pat Toomey, and economist Jason Fullman purportedly focused on the future of the U.S. economy continued the discussion on crypto. Quote, for a lot of countries around the world, Digital central bank cryptocurrencies, or sorry, digital bank, digital central bank currencies or CBDCs <clears throat> might make sense. I don't think the United States needs to do them, said Furman, an economics professor at Harvard University. All of the panels listed quickly became very enthusiastic about sharing their thoughts on stable coins and the like, despite the best efforts of New York Times deputy managing editor Rebecca Blumstein, who moderated the panel to put a stop to it. Toomey mentioned that a bill he introduced to regulate stablecoins asked asking about the role of a CBDC in a world where private stablecoins flourish. Quote, I think we ought to have a framework that allows privately issued stablecoins to thrive in a rational framework. And if that happens, I'm not sure how much we need a digital dollar, he said. Another panel focused on the global economy also brought up the value proposition of Bitcoin and some other cryptocurrencies. Quote, the younger generation says the older generation has devalued the dollar or the value of other currencies. So maybe something new isn't so bad, said David Rubenstein, co-founder of the Carlyle Group, in a panel discussing the future of global economy amid slower economic growth and the fallout from sanctions. The panels officially intended to discuss cryptocurrencies went far, far deeper. Garlinghouse and Allaire commented on the future of finance broadly and the urgent need for regulatory clarity in the crypto world during their remittances panel. 
according to Allaire, whose company issues USDC, sorry, USD coin, also known as USDC, a crypto asset pegged to the value of the United States dollar, the world is moving at a pace where the concept of a cross-border payment will be as crazy sounding as the concept of a cross-border email. Quote, we don't think about cross-border emails. We don't think about having a cross-border web browsing session. It's absurd to think about that. And I believe we're on the cusp of that with money. Yeah, we're already there, dude. And I think when it comes to remittances, I believe the concept of a remittance will also disappear. He said, Garlinghouse, the scammer, whose company Ripple is currently embroiled in a lawsuit by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Committee, that's commission, dude, over the sale of the digital token XRP in 2013, warned that governments control financial systems and said that it's unlikely to change in his lifetime. Quote, the thing to think about is, I think, is if you approach the regulators with, you need to adapt to us, that's dead on arrival. End quote. Responding to a question on the lack of regulatory certainty in the crypto sector, Garlinghouse said that regulatory clarity is a problem that needs to be solved, adding that the U.S. is lagging behind in setting up clear rules for the crypto sector. Quote, I don't say incorporate in the U.S. because that's where some of some are being hostile and uncertain, and there's much better clarity in Japan and Singapore, or go here in Switzerland to invest globally, having more clarity, more certainty will help drive innovation. It'll help remittances because of that, Garlinghouse said. Allaire, who had been attending the Davos conference since 2008, oh, sorry, 2008, my God, he's a oldie, told Coindesk that crypto had reached a new level, level of prominence at the WEF and hopes for next year are already high. Allaire closed the panel by saying that a year from now, he hopes the crypto sector would come to the table with more examples of solutions that work for the people. Bullshit. That's not to say central bankers and finance regulators are enamored with the idea of digital assets. On a WEF Congress main stage, Kristalina Georgievina, whatever, managing director of the International Monetary Fund, said cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are not money but assets. Quote, a prerequisite for something that would be money is to be a stable store of value, she said. Yeah, like what, the dollar? Are you fucking shitting me? The ruble? Have you seen that chart? Dude, go fuck yourself. She was joined by Alex P. Lehman, chairman of the board of credit Suisse, Seth Put, governor of Bank of Thailand, and Francois Villeroy de Galhieu, governor of the Central Bank of France, to discuss CBDCs. A recent report by the Bank of International Settlements, also known as the Central Bank, for central banks, found that nine out of 10 central banks around the world are exploring the design and issuance of CBDCs. Promenade, the main street that leads to the Congress where the official WEF panels take place is dominated by crypto companies. Filecoin, which hosted a crowded welcome party on Sunday, resides in a sanctuary at the beginning of the street, followed by Circle, just a few feet down. Among other big crypto names with lounges and their own programming are Polkadot, Securency, GBBC, Casper Labs, among others. One thing that all of them have in common is big ads. In 2018, it was all crypto castles, and now it's all about branding, said Sheila Warren, CEO of the Crypto Council for Innovation. It's established companies coming to Davos as an industry. All right, so... Here's what I kind of think is going on. This is why this is important to understand why the, that the WEF is talking about this and who in the cryptocurrency community is going and putting up with this bullshit. It's almost like the IMF, the WEF, what, the World Bank, and what will start to include the UN is going to be a black hole. And that black hole is going to suck in all the scammers, all the bullshit, all the Brad Garling houses, all the A16Z people, because that's their people. So whoever's circling that drain is exactly the people that you want to run away from. You don't want to have anything to do with Ripple. You don't want to have anything to do with Brad Garling house. You don't want to have anything to do with Circle. 
You don't want to have anything to do with Sheila Warren, CEO of the Crypto Council for Innovation. You don't want to have anything to do with the Crypto Council for Innovation or any of the people that actually fucking work for it. You don't want to have anything to do with Casper Labs, Polkadot, Securency, GBBC. You don't want to have anything to do with that shit. You don't want to have anything to do with Filecoin. Why? Because they are flashing their true colors. Even if they weren't here, I would tell you to stay as far away from them as humanly possible. But because they are sucking weft dick, you can be assured that your well-being is not their first thought. It is their very last thought if they think about it at all. Buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin. Crypto poses risk to financial stability in its present trajectory, according to the European Central Bank, Sandra Lutz has it for Decrypt.co. In a report published today titled Decrypting Financial Stability Risks in Crypto Assets Markets, part of the ECB's twice-yearly financial stability review, the European regulator emphasized the danger posed by the increasing integration of crypto with traditional finance. Quote, If the present trajectory of growth in the size and complexity of the crypto asset ecosystem continues, and if financial institutions become increasingly involved with crypto assets, then crypto assets will pose a risk to financial stability. Can you read between the lines on that? You got Fidelity, who's getting into Bitcoin and offering, you know, offering their people the ability to buy, you know, Bitcoin for retirement accounts. You've got JP Morgan, who at this point is just heard earlier this morning that they're saying something along the lines of Bitcoin and crypto is our, is our main focus right now. And I don't even know how to interpret that shit. Maybe there's another black hole. Maybe this black hole is the Bitcoin black hole and it's sucking the people that the other people, even though that, yes, they go to F2. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, we've got two black holes that are starting to orbit each other. And they're going to sort humanity into two groups. The group of people that are evil and the group of everybody else that would include those that just want to be left alone, those that want to do good, and those that have been evil but kind of don't want to be. Maybe they just don't want to be they'll get sucked into the Bitcoin black hole and all the evil will get sucked into the WEF, UN, IMF, World Bank, all that black hole. If Bitcoin ends up being one of the two or or part of the sorting mechanism for the future of humanity, I am all good with that. This report is basically saying that as they see larger institutions become attracted to something that they cannot control because they know that they can control all the shit coins. That's easy, but they can't control Bitcoin. The only other thing that even resembles Bitcoin in the minds of the masses is Ethereum. Although, yes, I know the minds of the masses are going to say any shit coin is good, but the majority stake of people that are not Bitcoiners, but are shit coiners are in Ethereum. And that is a WEF controlled situation. Okay, so that one is is definitely going to go into the black hole of the WEF. But before that happens, it's going to suck in people that are, they're just not thinking. And they will be sorted into the evil hole. (laughs) And not just because they're, just because on accident. But it's very possible that the very large institutions, they know better. And maybe they carry their evil with them. I don't know but they're probably going to sort themselves into the Bitcoin black hole. Either way, it is very clear that the European Central Bank and the IMF is concerned. The one thing that they cannot control is actually Bitcoin. Everything else, there's a chance. There's a chance that they can control it. And it's an increasing chance the more shitcoiny some of these things get. And Ethereum is about as shit coiny as you can possibly get, even though it's got a lot of market share. Continuing on, though the report gives some attention to the current risk posed to individual crypto traders, it is far more preoccupied with a theoretical disaster scenario in which a crypto market crash akin to what transpired recently 
triggers a comparable crash in traditional markets. The report claims that such an event is possible if no changes are made to how crypto is currently regulated and integrated into the broader economy. In such a vein, the report likens the crypto market to the subprime mortgage market responsible for tanking the global economy in 2008. Despite recent declines, the cryptocurrencies remain similar in size to, for example, the securitized subprime mortgage market that triggered the global financial crisis of 2007 and 8, the report read. One of the primary ways crypto could become further integrated with the traditional economy and thus increase risk of disaster, according to the report, is via the widespread adoption of crypto by financial institutions or as an accepted payment method. Per the report, these integrations would increase the potential for spillover to the wider economy, particularly if leveraged were employed. Well, no shit. Complicating the matter further is that these adoptions every, anywhere, not just in the EU, could trigger a global financial meltdown, quote, as this is a global market and therefore a global issue, the report conceded global coordination of regulatory measures is necessary, end quote. Such adoption, though, is already well underway. Just last month, Fidelity, America's largest provider of 401k savings accounts, announced that it would begin allowing workers to save up to 20% of their retirement in Bitcoin. Yesterday, Balenciaga became the latest fashion label to permit online and in-store payment with cryptocurrency. To mitigate these developments, the ECB report urged the EU to immediately implement its recently passed Markets and Crypto Asset Regulation Legislation, or MICA which aims to create a legal framework for regulating crypto within the European Union. The report notes that such regulations couldn't be implemented until 2024 when the crypto market will likely be further integrated into the broader economy. Oh, you have no idea, dude. However, what those laws will look like remain to be seen. Other countries, including the United States, have struggled to reconcile the perceived need for oversight with the inherently decentralized nature of the crypto market. You mean Bitcoin. To this end, the ECB did not offer specific legislative solutions, only caution. Quote, the challenges regarding crypto will persist as long as there is no standardized reporting or disclosure requirements. They are not feeling good about this. And I guarantee you over at Davos, in the meeting rooms that not everybody can go to, this is foremost on their mind. That's going to do it for the Morning Roundup. Wednesday joke from Dad Says Jokes. I met my wife on Tinder. That was awkward. Remember, learn how to use Podcasting 2.0, and you can do so by supporting this show on Podcasting 2.0. You can get any one of the Podcasting 2.0 apps, and you can search for the Bitcoin and Podcast. And when you find it and you subscribe to it, you can load up the Lightning Wallet that comes on board of all Podcasting 2.0 apps, and you can start streaming me Satoshis from that wallet while you listen to the show. And if you don't want to do that, and I mean... Please learn how to do this. This is the, the, the future is at hand. Please don't be left behind. Please start learning how to use this technology. If I benefit from it, awesome. I, I, I hope I'm bringing you, bringing you value and, and that you have want to return that value. Podcasting 2.0 is the way to do a value for value exchange. Please learn how to do it. Please, even, even if it's not my podcast, you can go listen to anybody else's podcast because most of the Bitcoiners uh, are have podcasting 2.0 enabled podcasts. Uh, but if you don't, and I understand that, if you don't, you can use patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and podcast. Pay me in fiat, but understand that that fiat at the end of each month will get swept into my strike account and will instantly, 100% of it will be turned into Bitcoin because I'm just getting so tired of dealing with the fiat world and watching these clowns ruin everything. And when the WEF is over, you just, not WEF, when Davos ends, you just wait for the mountain of 
bullshit to come tumbling down the hill because you thought monkeypox and the shooting in Texas was bad and all the shit that came before it was bad is just going to get worse and worse and worse. I heard a report that JSTAR and one of the other very large, uh, well, truck stops in the United, at least in the West, uh, at least in the United States. I don't know if they're in Canada or not, but JSTAR or Flying J and something else um, have been told by uh, Union Pacific that they can't ship as much uh, DEF, which you actually have to have for diesel trucks to operate. And they also can't ship as much diesel. So they're literally being told by a railroad that they cannot ship as much of their product so that they can fill up their diesel tanks at the truck stop, which is where trucks go to get their diesel and their DEF, which is required by trucks built after 2010. You think that's bad? I mean, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Protect yourself. Buy Bitcoin. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.